podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to register. Hello and welcome to Lakeside Drive. I'm Freya Brolsma and in this episode of our IndyCar special summer series, you'll hear from two Indy Next drivers. Jamie Chadwick and Kiffin Simpson are both up-and-comers in Indy Next with completely different racing backgrounds and experiences. In these conversations, we'll hear about those different experiences and how each driver approaches learning through this formative stage of their career. If you too are in your early stages of your indie career as a fan, take a listen to the first episode of this series with Red Bull content creator Ash Vandelay, talking all the fundamentals of IndyCar. A big thank you to Jamie and to Kiffin for joining me. Listeners, I hope you enjoy these conversations. Let's get into it. Thank you for joining us here on Lakeside Drive. We're here in Nashville and it looks like you brought the spa weather with you. <laughs> um, welcome back to the US. just wanted to get started talking about your journey into IndyCar. Obviously, your background is a little bit different um, to many of your competitors and I imagine it must have felt like a pretty big step up. What were some of your expectations of yourself kind of coming into this series? Yeah, I mean, first, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because I grew up, obviously, in the UK. I'm British, um, not from a racing background at all. Um, so when I started, it was very much just a hobby, just something I did for fun. Um, and that kind of just escalated and evolved um, as the years went on and as, yeah, the opportunities sort of came. And I think, um, for those that don't know, the thing that kind of made the biggest difference for me in my career was something called W Series, which... Um, for three years I did and it was the first all-female single-seater championship it was fully funded and in the last two years it went alongside the Formula One package so we got sort of quite a bit of exposure alongside um, the Formula One guys and were able to go to all those tracks that well, not all of them but a lot of the those, those tracks that, that we had um, on that package so um, from there it was kind of looking at what opportunity was next because whilst that was a huge opportunity I felt like there was still a lot that I wanted to go on to achieve ultimately the goal um, was was Formula One or is Formula One. Um, and so I was looking at what was next and there wasn't a particularly obvious place to go. Um, the barriers that I think everyone suffers from in the sport um, sort of came at me as well. Um, and then I had the opportunity to test last year uh, with Andretti in the Indy Next car. Um, and I've always watched IndyCar, I've always watched Indy Next, but I didn't know a huge amount in terms of the driving experience, how I was going to fare, what I was going to, what it was going to be like. And from that test, I, I fell in love with it, basically. I really enjoyed it. I loved working with the team. I loved the atmosphere. Um, and from there, it was how do we make this happen, which fortunately stars aligned. We managed to get it together to work. And I think to your question of expectations, initially, I think I came off of winning W Series. I felt, okay, I've got high expectations. I want to do well, but also I was realistic and that it's a very different championship. Um, the level of Indian X is very high. A lot of the drivers over here have come through the feeder series ranks. So are well versed with the tracks that we have, the cars, especially, which is different, the tyres. Um, and the teams and so 
that took a bit of time and has taken a bit of time. So I think whilst maybe I was a bit optimistic to be fighting at the front at the beginning of the year, I feel like, um, yeah, the realism in terms of expectations in me is kind of set it as a, it's a big learning year, trying to take as much learnings as I can, develop as much as possible, um, go to all these new amazing places, take it all in and come back a bit stronger for next year. Of course you want to be at the front. You're a competitive driver, I think, you know, like you said, you do have to kind of also under, you know, take perspective and things like that. But of course you want to be at, that front, at the front. That sounds very natural to me. Um, Andretti is not exactly a small name in motorsport. Indeed, it's rather well known, particularly here in the US. What does it mean to you to be wearing that name and with such a prestigious motorsport team for your first, first season in Indy? It really means a huge amount. And I think what's nice is in IndyNex, it's one of well, one of two uh, or three teams that's in the IndyCar Championship as well. So, um, yeah, they really do invest in young drivers um, whilst having the big team as well. Um, and I think for me, it's really useful because coming from Europe, there is a lot of learnings. There's a lot of new things and having the experience and the team that's behind us with uh, Michael at the top really does help with that uh, transition. And yeah, from a personal point of view, to be in a big team like this, it's not just wearing the badge and that meaning a lot, but it's actually having that experience to help and support me. Talking about the team kind of set up, that's pretty different as well in that you've now got consistent engineer and you would have that chance to kind of build relationships, I suppose, more so and learn together race to race. How has that adjustment been and do you feel the impact on your racing of having that consistency? Exactly so yeah for those that don't know in W Series we would swap engineers each weekend actually um, often we would swap cars so they try to equalize it as much as possible but um, now obviously just being in a team you have the sort of usual format of having your own team um, around you and it has helped a lot I'm very very lucky the team have given me an amazing engineer in in Andy and um, he's very experienced he's helped a lot with this transition but also being able to have that point of contact consistently week on week um, really does help and so I think I'm lucky like I said with Andy but also just generally in the team the dynamic with the teammates everyone um, something that I've not really had so much the last few years, um, I feel like I've definitely missed out a little bit on because just being able to learn from them and have that dynamic within the team uh, makes a big difference. In terms of other differences between some of the, your previous racing series and here at Indy, you would have had your first oval race <laughs> recently. Um, I'm particularly intrigued as to how you get yourself ready for that physically in that it's obviously a very different track but also mentally as well because I can only imagine that that must have been pretty daunting we hear plenty of formula one drivers saying that oval scare them and here you are so i would like to know how you prep for that kind of from a physical perspective but also getting yourself in the right headspace yeah i mean i just think there's so much to the ovals um i think i massively underestimated maybe how much there was to it and i think it's maybe perceived as you've just got to take your brain out and just drive as fast as you can and there is an element of that i think especially maybe the qualifying runs you do have to leave your brain a bit in pit lane and just do the absolute maximum that you can and if that maximum goes over the limit that's part of part of the ovals but there's a lot more to it in terms of the feel is is more minute is only two corners really but those two corners you end up having to be a lot more sensitive to what you're feeling um and then the racing is very different as well understanding where to place the car depending on the car that you have and where it's strong uh, makes a big difference so for me it was just trying to learn all of this as much as I can in the race weekend a lot of it I couldn't learn before the weekend um, I just had to sort of jump in feet first <laughs> and embrace it. Um, but I feel very lucky I get to learn it in the Indy Next car because I was talking to 
Roman Grosjean about it earlier today, actually, and he was saying, you know, it's very different, but if you try and learn that for the first time in IndyCar, it's actually obviously trickier. The speeds are higher, the grid's bigger, there's a lot more to it, and you do the super speedways as well. So um, I feel lucky to have learned it here and also to have an experienced team um, helping me through it. Um, has helped so I think I prepared as much as I could but the more I do the better I'm sure I'm going to feel about it yeah it kind of sounds like some jobs as well we you know there's only so much you can do and then you have to learn the rest by by doing it I suppose um there's a lot of variables in motorsport generally when things don't go your way or when they just don't go the way you even expected sometimes we've heard all sorts of drivers saying we thought it would be our weekend and it would suit our car and then it just didn't or weekends that they didn't think they would go so well and actually turned out to to be a good weekend for them what is your approach to learning from those unexpected challenges and the the more difficult weekends what's your approach to that oh I don't know I feel like a lot of the thing is that you're going to have more bad weekends and you're going to have good weekends so rolling with with those um for me the Sort of very cliche but first thing is making sure regardless of anything above anything I'm enjoying it because you're not going to enjoy finishing last that's inevitable but if you enjoy everything else and you enjoy the driving bit and everything else around it it makes the bad days feel better because it's not all all a disaster but then the other side of it is trying to sort of attribute as much as you can to what you can control and what you can't control as you said there's so many variables so many things you can't control and those things you just have to rubbish and put aside and then the bits you can control learn as much as you can and see them as learnings um, and roll with it really I think um, like I said there's so many days that are bad days off days um, and it's rolling with those days and trying to just improve them little by little and make for the better days. It sounds like there's a level of acceptance in there I suppose in terms of knowing that there's probably going to be more more bad days than good just because of the nature of the sport if nothing else. In addition to obviously your responsibilities here, you're also a Williams development driver. It can be tricky, I think, for people from the outside looking in to understand what a program like that really is about, especially if you're not in F2 and F3. Um, I'd love to hear about how being a development driver with Williams does help you to develop. (laughs) How does it do what it says on the tin? Um, But also how do you then contribute to Williams as well as being part of that, that program? So, Zach, so a young driver program effectively is where the teams are investing in young talent ultimately because they want to have control of whatever talent they want to put in their cars in the future. So that can go from go-karting all the way up to F2 level. And I think, as you say, it's kind of more obvious on the face of it, the F2 and F3 drivers that that progress in. Um, I joined the Williams Academy in 2019, I think. um, Two sides of it. It's them helping me as much as they can. Um, Accessibility to a Formula 1 team is so tricky as a young driver. So having that chance to integrate yourself with the team, the engineers, um, the drivers, learn what it takes to be a Formula One driver, um, hopefully in the future is is relevant because I want to drive that Formula One car and I know what to expect with that. But on the flip side of that, when I come to, you know, Indy Next or W Series or whatever it is, I feel that much more prepared because I've had the access and the experience with, with the Formula One team. So there's two sides of it, but... Um, yeah, it is very, very valuable and I'm very lucky to have that continued support from Williams. You mentioned you were chatting to um, Roman Grosjean earlier today. Um, have you got many, I suppose, mentors and things like that in Indy who also have that F1, have had the F1 dream in some way, who are able to provide that kind of dual mentorship, I suppose, in terms of both of your racing goals and series and what you're doing? It's a good question. I feel like 
there's something that surprised me when I came over is how open everyone is. Um, without sort of categorizing them as mentors or not, I feel like everyone, are pretty much um, all the IndyCar drivers or Indy Next, mainly IndyCar drivers have come up at some point to me and said, if you need anything, any advice, anything, like, let me know. And that is said genuinely. So, um, yeah, I've been quite overwhelmed by that kind of openness, which I don't feel like I've experienced before. So um, in that sense, I feel like there's a lot of people that I could just approach and speak to and ask for advice and they're open in that sense. So it's a nice environment um, for sure. Um, but like I said, being in Andretti, um, already I've got so many great people within the team. Um, Roman for one, but also Michael at the top. Um, he's so experienced and in Formula One as well as in an IndyCar, he knows exactly what it takes and that's really useful. And you're a long way from home. What's it been like in terms of the transition moving to the US, racing in the US as well? In, just in terms of I'm thinking about the track differences and the motorsport community, but then for you as well individually moving here, what has that adjustment been like for you? Honestly, I've absolutely loved it. Um, I haven't actually moved here though. Um, I am going back and forth at the moment. So, um, and actually I'm loving that because I come here and I'm so excited and refreshed by it that I, every time I turn up, I'm so happy and enjoying it and loving it. And I'm in a bit of maybe a honeymoon phase of, um, of Indy, the IndyCar package. So in that sense, it's great because I'm loving it. Um, and then I go back and it's nice to be back home and I've not completely sort of jumped ship entirely, but I think having sort of dipped my toe in or bit more than dip my toe in, but experienced it a bit this year. Um, I can definitely see myself over here and spending, you know, a lot more time over here in terms of the season and making sure that, yeah, I am in and around it because the environment is is not what I was expecting. I am loving it. I've really enjoyed being um, in amongst it and there's something that I'd love to be be more a part of for next year. Alrighty, thank you so much for joining us here on Lakeside Dive. Jamie, and all the best for the weekend. I hope that this weather clears up and we actually are able to go and look at the track and uh, and get some good racing in. But thanks so much for joining me. Cheers. Thank you so much. I'm recording this segment from the Dallas airport on the way back from IndyCar, where I'm now using a public Wi-Fi. So I've made sure I've got my NordVPN on to protect my location, even though I've just told all of you about it. But it's not just for that. It's also to protect my online information. And you can as well. Between now and September 12, every purchase of a two-year plan will receive four additional bonus months. And don't forget the 30-day money-back guarantee. So it really is risk-free, unlike driving around Noble at 240 miles per hour. My flight's been delayed conveniently, so I'll be watching some Aussie content while I'm here, although with over 5,000 server options, no show is out of my reach. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive or go to the link in our bio to get a massive discount off your NordVPN plan and additional months for free. I'm here with Kiffin Simpson. Welcome to Lakeside Drive. We are very excited to be chatting to you today. First of all, it would be great if you could describe what it was like growing up karting. I believe you started in Barbados there. What was it like and what drew you to karting at that early age? When I was young, um, I had some friends that karted in Barbados and um, we, our friends were the ones that owned the racetrack there as well. So that also helped, obviously, because um, we were always with them at their track and um, we would just go karting for fun. Um, and 
yeah, so eventually I tried it out when I was, um, I believe I was nine. And after that, I just fell in love with it and started racing in the club series down there. And um, yeah, just grew from there. And uh, now I'm here. Are your mates who you used to cart with, like, are they still karting? Are they still into yeah. it? Uh, yeah, the friend that got me into it was Zane Maloney, who's in F2 this year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's been doing a good job. I haven't gotten to talk to him in a long time because, obviously, he's over in Europe. But, yeah, um, yeah I'm still good friends with his brother and uh, we talk quite often. That's that's really fantastic. Well, Zane, if you're listening, have to come and reach out to, <laughs> to Kiffin and say hello. You very much made your mark in the Caribbean and then also in Florida as well, karting. What was the step up like when you started doing F3, um, or F4 and, and F3? Yeah, it was a little bit difficult the first time. Um, it was difficult to get used to cars with suspension and, yeah. you know, all the technical stuff with a car compared to a cart, which is just some tube frame and yeah. uh, an, en- <laughs> an engine. So um, it was very diff- different to get used to that. Um, but it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. So um yeah, racing F4 was a lot of fun. And then I had a really good time racing Formula Regional, um, winning the championship in that. And um, racing these things have been a ton of fun. And um, I've gotten to explore other racing as well, like uh, endurance racing and uh, multi-class racing. Let's talk. We'll come back. Maybe we'll do a loop to the loop. We'll um, come back to Indy. I'd love to ask you about your endurance racing experience because from the outside looking in, in comparison to Indy Next, it almost seems like the complete opposite in that Indy Next, you're kind of like, go out there, it's all systems go, you know, pit, like all of that kind of thing. Whereas I imagine that endurance, there's a lot more of that, I suppose, strategy. Everything needs to be very calm. It's a longer kind of endeavour. Yeah. How do you develop as a driver having such kind of varied experience and is there a category having had those experiences that you're starting to prefer more <laughs> no it, it is very different to um to indy next racing um because obviously indy next racing is a junior series as well so yeah. we're here as a support series we're here um almost to fill time but you know also get our racing done mm-hmm. and um so we're not the priority when we're here and um our sessions get moved around and we mm-hmm. very much have to be flexible um like just a couple of weeks ago at Iowa, we got moved. We were supposed to race in the morning and then rain delayed it. So we got to race it, uh, I think it was like 6 p.m. instead. And um, that was very different. So racing in IMSA and European Le Mans series, it's been a lot of fun because you're the main thing. You don't get moved around too much. And it's great to really be able to focus on pit stops and saving fuel and tires and also the different kind of racing in that because it's very fun to have that different kind of racing um, where you're also thinking about the long term and all the different traffic and you've got a lot to think about. Over the course of that weekend that you were just talking about where you kind of got moved around, we think about when it comes to athletes and performance having that kind of, I suppose, that peak of when you're full motivation and you have the right level of anticipation I suppose and then you can kind of go through those lulls of you know either after the race or when you need to be relaxing how do you maintain that you know attitude or mental state when you get when you need to be flexible like that how do you how do you approach that need to be flexible but also being ready to to race it's a little bit tough but um ultimately uh, you just try to make sure you've got a routine before a session um Mine usually just consists of watching some video right before 
um, I head out to the grid and um, just making sure that my mind is in the race car and um, my mind remembers the track and the markers and all the little bumps like we're at a street course right now in Nashville you got to remember all the bumps where where is more bumpy where's less bumpy um, so it can be a little bit tough when you get moved around a little bit but you just have to um, stay calm and stay focused. Really interesting stuff. And before we take a look at your current season um, and Chip Nassi Racing, I wanted to ask you about 2021 because by all accounts that was a really fantastic season for you and working alongside Tim Neff, such a great opportunity to have access to somebody so experienced at kind of that stage of your career, I suppose. Can you tell us about what you learned from that and to what extent it shaped how you approached racing, having access to somebody who's kind of a veteran of, of the world when you're kind of in that really formative stage of your career? Yeah, it was um, it was a great time working with Tim. Um, he was a great engineer in Formula Regional and we had a great time uh, running that series. I worked with him for a bit in 2020 um, t- towards the end of the Formula Regional season and um, we worked well together and um, through all testing we were able to get the car in a really good spot for the uh, start of the season and then we started off really strong and just kept that momentum all the way through. So Chip Ganassi Racing um, kind of mentioned it a few times now. So you signed last year as a development driver. What have been some of the major learnings now that you're kind of reflecting on a, on a year looking by and what have been some of the kind of most informative experiences that you've had as part of that program so far? Yeah, it's been great working with the guys over at CGR. Um I've worked very closely with Dario and um, he's been great teaching me a lot about, um, I spent a lot of time with him at the 500, so I, he's taught me a lot about the 500 and um, what's important at the 500 and um, all the little things you want to look for while you're there practicing to have a good car and um, that was really important spending uh, last year at the 500 and this year. Um, and. I learned a lot there, but also, you know, just talking to him at different times, like I see him in the paddock and uh, we have little talks. So that's great. And um, seeing all the other guys as well, like the engineers and the mechanics. And it's great to be with the team and just uh, meeting all the people, mechanics, engineers, the guys back at the factory. Um, So it's really, it's been a great opportunity. And I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but I assume that IndyCar and the Indy 500 and championship as well. Obviously, it's the dream. To what extent does working as part of the CGR um, development program make that dream feel a bit more real or a bit closer? Because obviously, very well-known racing organisation. Does that make it feel more real? Yeah, it's great to be working with them because they've obviously got very good cars, um, Alex is leading the championship by 80 points. He had three wins in a row this year. He, yeah, I mean, he's just done an incredible job this year. And um, it's great to be able to see that and see how good not just he's doing, but I think Scott's also third in the championship. Um, Marcus Erickson is up there as well. Um, Marcus Armstrong is doing a great job with his first year in the series. And um, it's been great to see how well um, they've all been doing and um, makes it very encouraging that mm. hopefully one day I'll be in one of those cars and be able to uh, do what Scott and Marcus and Alex have been able to do. Of course, there is the on-track 
development and developing as an athlete and, like you've said, um, working the engineers and mechanics and all of that type of thing. Do they help you with the outside stuff in terms of commercial side of things? Have they helped you understand and take advantage of the broader, I suppose, motorsport community and the the commercial side of things that comes with that as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, they've helped me out a lot with all that. They've um, I get to work with all their PR guys and um, all the people in marketing and um, – I know all of them quite well, and um, it's been great working with them. And they linked me up with the American Legion as well, which was great. So, um, talk about that for a minute. yeah, yeah, it's great working with the American Legion. They've yeah. been uh, very supportive and um, great working with all the um, all the people there. It's a great opportunity for the Legionnaires because they're just getting a lot of exposure, getting reached out to, and um, it's awesome to see someone um helping veterans in there when they need it and uh great that the veterans have that support system so looking at your current season at the moment you've had some highs and lows what are you looking to achieve for the remaining races yeah it's been a strange season because in ways it's been very good and in ways it's not been very good (laughs) so um for the rest of the season i'm just gonna try to be consistent um do what I can. It'd be great to get a win, um, get my first win. Um, I feel like I'm close, but um, hasn't it hasn't come yet. So we will focus on this weekend and um, focus on Indy GP coming up as well, which I did well at earlier in the year. So I'm hoping um, hoping I can be strong there again. But we will we'll see. I guess. Yeah. Have you had a favorite track? Probably pick me up from here. <laughs> Have you had a favorite track that you've raced at so far? Road America is always my favorite track. I just love that track, um, especially this year now that it's repaved. It's just an incredible track, very fast, um, very smooth now as well. Um, and yeah, that's just by far my favorite track. Thinking about um, obviously where you come from, um, from Barbados originally, but have been living in the Cayman Islands. Same, same. (laughs) Um, And you've still been living there, coming and going and that type of thing. How much has been able to maintain that connection with your community and family? Because it's so important, I think, on a small, in a small island like that, um, it can be really hard moving away and stepping away from that. So has it been kind of a benefit to you being able to maintain you know, sense of home, I suppose, and the time's going to come that you're going to have to move to India, I'm sure, soon. Can you tell us what that's been like for you? Um, yeah, it's been great. I mean, um, my my whole immediate family is living in Cayman, and um, it's been great uh, being with them. My mum and dad come to most of my races, um, almost all that they can. Yeah. Um, my sister's at this one, and uh, she's been at a couple this year. Um, and it's great to have family at the race because they're just uh, here to support me and um, it means a lot and we've got some friends here as well which is also a lot of fun. When you do come back to Cayman, we were talking about water sports earlier but perhaps you could tell us about when you come home, um, what are the things that you like to do and my question is always for somebody who's grown up by the coast on the water, is it going to be strange for you not living on the water? Is that something that you'll miss? (laughs) For sure, yeah. Uh, I'm planning on moving to Indy later this year, so uh, moving up to the middle of the States isn't going to be what I'm used to, at least, Um, especially with the 
winters, which yeah. I've heard are no fun. Um, <laughs> we but, don't really have those in Cayman. <laughs> yeah, there's no winters in Cayman, so that'll be um, a big thing to adjust to. But um, yeah, I, I'll still make it back to Cayman whenever I can to do some kite surfing and um, some boating and going to Stingray City and all. So yeah, um, yeah it's it'll be fun. I'll still get some time in Cayman, but um, just also have my responsibilities in, in uh, Indy. And just finally, you mentioned that you've got your family with you, which is really fantastic. Like you said, from a support perspective, that's awesome. Um, how do they go with your racing? Are they excited about it? Are they nervous spectators? Are they crunching water bottles like Will Power's wife? <laughs> what are they like to have at the track? Well, I've never seen them while I'm on track, obviously, <laughs> but um, from the small clips and things I've heard of them, uh, they do get very nervous. Um, they, My mom always says she does a lot of praying while I'm on track as, as she gets very nervous. Um, but uh, they've been great. They're always uh, very supportive and it's awesome to have them at every race. Alrighty, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me, Kiffin. Really appreciate your time and all the best for this weekend as well. Sports Social Podcast Network.